Take a look behind the curtain with a real whistleblower and American patriot. Prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truth because this program has no time for comforting lies. Here is civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and recovering FBI agent Kyle Serafin. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the Kyle Serafin Show. Today is Thursday. It's February the 8th. That's 2 8 24. We got kind of a, an audio visual heavy show today. And we're talking about cry bullies. Now, I don't know where that term came from. I first remember it either kind of like a, a Ben Shapiro type reference. But the concept of a cry bully is really, really important to the political left right now. It's the way that they operate. And cry bullies are like any other kind of bullies. They're people that essentially are going to push to get their agenda. And they are tyrants. And they are scared. And they are weak, like all bullies. Something that I... Absolutely low. That's one of the reasons why I got into law enforcement. It's one of the reasons why I joined the military. Uh, I've never been a really big guy, but I've never backed down from anything. And uh, you guys might be not surprised to hear that. So the concept of a cry bully, it tends to be more of a media type focus. It's folks that are willing to shroud themselves in virtue and whine in order to take down somebody that they either have jealousy or envy or that they have uh, a political difference with. And so we're going to talk about that. And it's it's incredibly important. So what do people like Tucker Carlson and uh, Haya Reichick from Libs of TikTok and even Aaron Rodgers, like what do all these people have in common? They're all being targeted by the cry bully left. All of them. And they all see it, which is great. And we all see it. But we have to at least be discussing this information. We have to at least know what it is that we're seeing in order to combat it. I think I think it's the most important thing. So we're going to cover a bunch of that stuff. Uh, and and you won't be surprised to learn that our FBI, my ex-girlfriend, if you're new to the podcast, then that's what we call her here. The FBI, the ex-girlfriend is also a cry bully. One of the most powerful organizations in the federal government, one of the most powerful organizations probably in history when it comes to the ability to wield power in this powerful nation and yet wants to whine about unfair treatment on social media and so on. We've got a, a fun little story. I'm going to give you some backstory on it. Uh, and a Steve Friend Strikes Again. I'm just kind of looking through here. We've got some additional nonsense going on where a baby was abused. We're going to talk about what that means in a daycare setting and why there's trannies that are working in daycare settings. We're going to try to get canceled off YouTube today, I guess. Um, we're going to talk about the Hawaiian Constitution and a recent Supreme, uh, Hawaiian Supreme Court decision that actually is undoing freedom over there and how that's all related which is a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff to cover down on. It's not a light day. Uh, let's get started off at least with a thanks to our sponsors. Actually, let me start off before that with a thanks to you. I just saw as we rent went live, Sunrise Kettle just became a monthly supporter. I wanted to thank you for jumping in and supporting the channel. Folks, if you want to do that, you can join us at rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. Again, rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. That's where the live chat is. Some of the nicest people that you'll ever see. It's different than any other live chat that you'll find. And why is that? It's simply because the people are better. You come here for the content, you stay for it. Uh, they're not uh, attacking anybody. What they do is they have this awesome discussion that goes on, and then I think they have to go back and rewatch the show, or maybe they download it. So if you've never joined us live, that is a cool opportunity for you to do. And uh, let's start off with a sponsor read. Like I said, I want to I want to get right into it. But first, here is our friends over at Contingency Medical. Go to contingencymedical.com. Prepare yourself for the possibility of getting sick. There are sick people in the Seraphin house right now. I can't afford to do that every single day. I've got to come here and hang out with you guys. Contingency Medical, that's what I'm rocking with. Look at this. You're going to hear the zipper. Zip. This is the case. It's a black case. 
It's about uh, six inches by eight inches by three inches thick, two and a half inches thick. And what does it have inside of it? It has all of the pharmacy that you can carry in your pocket when you travel or even when you're at home. It comes with an antibiotic usage guide for things that are common like traveler's diarrhea or urinary tract infections or cellulitis, which is a skin infection, otitis media, which is an ear infection, all the things that could take you down, nausea, vomiting, et cetera, et cetera. Anything that would take you out of the game when you were in your travel, whether you're doing it for work or for pleasure, there's nothing worse than being on the road and not having that access. You don't have to go to the doctor uh, at the time. You can go to a doctor in advance. You go to contingencymedical.com. Use the promo code Kyle, K-Y-L-E. Again, K-Y-L-E is the promo code. Save a couple bucks. Let them know that we sent you. And what it does is allows you to meet with that doctor first, bring your pills with you, and then you know which ones to use. And the doctor is available to you in a telehealth setting on their website. It's a great idea. It's a prepare option as opposed to the repair, which is like, uh, you know, trying to solve problems when you're already sick. There's nothing worse than problem solving when you're sick. I hate it. Um, they've got other stuff out there too. You can check there, adding different types of things, prophylactic. You can get, uh, you know, uh, things for anaphylaxis, which means you might want to have an EpiPen. There's all kinds of this kind of stuff. Um, great company. Really, really excited. And you guys can always hear it. I know you can. Uh, contingencymedical.com, promo code Kyle. All right, let's launch what we've got right now. Let's start with this story from Stephen Friend. Is that fair? Is it fair to start with a Stephen Friend, or is it fair to start with what I promised you about Black History Month? We're going to try to just not do Black History Month. Here's Morgan Freeman again. You're going to relegate my history to a month? I don't want a Black History Month. Black history is American history. How are we going to get rid of racism? On stop shows? talking about it. Just stop talking about it, folks. That's all you got to do. Just stop talking about it. Nobody wants it. Let's talk about Steve Friend and what he's got going on. Okay, backstory on this. The backstory is Steve Friend and I continue to run what we'll call loosely sources, but they're friends. These are allies that are looking at the FBI, our ex-girlfriend, and saying that she is abusive and she is out of line and she is stepping right in it. And we don't want that. Not for America, not for people that we know in the FBI. It's bad. And so we expose things on a regular basis that hurt their feelings. This is the first time I've ever seen this done. Steve got a copy of an email which was written by a woman named Jacqueline Moore. She's the assistant director of the FBI's training division, which means she's the top dog at Quantico, and she runs all of the field training and all of the new agent training and all the new analyst training and all of this kind of stuff. Now, Jackie McGuire, you might be like, hey, I remember that name. Who is that? It's uh, Jackie puts down pooches in Philly. She's the one that shot a dog in the street. Whether you agree with me or not, doesn't really make a difference. It was outside of the DOJ's deadly force policy because protecting your dog is not a person, even if you feel strongly about it, and you can't do it in a city street. And actually, the dog was on a three-foot leash. So what does that tell you? A three-foot leash dog, you can't control your own dog. You go out and shoot somebody or something on the streets of Philadelphia. Major problem. Should have been an issue. Luckily for her, she's a female and a diversity hire. So your classic, what we call boss babes, which we despise, me and the rest of the suspendables. But this woman is now in charge of the training division. And we got a copy of an email. Now, why do we have this email? Because Miranda Devine wrote a piece in the New York Post. And it basically said, there's a bunch of FBI whistleblowers coming out. We covered it on the show. They are current and former agents. And what are they doing? They are saying exactly what is true. Standards have dropped. Chris Ray is lying about what's coming through the academy. We're getting garbage in, garbage out. We're hiring more woke people, more less experienced people, all kinds of weakness. And so she addressed it because an attack on the FBI, the first thing they do, they don't go and deal with it to the public. They deal with it in-house. The key is that we all have to be in the same cult movement. They're attacking us because we're righteous. And then once they do that, then they can get those, those acolytes 
of the FBI to go out into public and to behave like they are what they believe they are, which is the premier law enforcement agency in America. I cannot tell you how many times I heard the premier law enforcement agency in America or the world while I was at Quantico, and the evidence was right in front of me that this was not true. It wasn't true. There's nothing premier about it. Um, I'm Almost everybody who ever went through a, like a local academy or a state police academy had a much more rigorous experience than I did going through Quantico. And I don't want to hear any of the old timers tell me, well, it used to be harder. I don't care. I don't believe you. Here's what we got. The FBI actually released this email because they knew that we had a copy of it, because it was out there. And so they went, oh, God, uh, this has been leaked or will likely get leaked because it's garbage messaging. So we've never seen this before, but an assistant director's email has now been made public on the FBI's website under their press releases and was released February 2nd in anticipation, likely, of us getting access to it. And so what it says, this is Jackie McGuire. She says, what I see, a message from the assistant director of the FBI's training division, which you should know. Anybody who's ever been in TRADOC, everybody who's ever been in the military, there's two types of people that go into training. Number one, the people that need a break from a high ops tempo. That's not her case. Or number two, they're awful and they have no business doing the real job. So they go back into the teaching role. And in the, in the case of the FBI managing the teaching role, this can be the absolute most incompetent human being. And it would be just fine because it's not like they're breeding leadership or capabilities out there. Uh, everybody who comes to the FBI Academy with capabilities still has them. Anybody who shows up looking for capabilities is not going to get them. Certainly not at Quantico. That's not what I saw. All right. So what I see, a message from the assistant director of training division. What is, does the FBI look different? Sure it does. Okay, so what is she going to do? She's going to address the change. Now, interestingly enough, they made a tweet about this saying, well, you know, in the 1970s, we didn't even hire women. Good, honestly. I, I don't know that any of the women, the, the few women that I knew that were FBI agents that were decent, and there were a couple, there's no doubt about it. They didn't offset the overwhelming majority, like nine to one, 10 to one, 15 to one uh, of incompetence and horrible and dangerous with a firearm. So call it what you want. The physical and intellectual standards required to be an FBI special agent are extraordinarily high. No, they're not, folks. Women, can you do like 15 sit-ups and like 20 push-ups or less? Because then you're a top performer. At 39 years old and not training on a regular basis because of COVID and the stress of knowing that I was going to get kicked out because of what I was saying, I had a top female performance record. Yeah, you're like, Kyle, you have a beard. Yeah, but I identify as gender fluid when I work as an FBI agent because it's always kind of a bitchy job. All right, the odds of becoming one are extraordinarily low given our selectivity. Yeah, a ton of people throw in applications and have no business doing so. Here it goes. How to best address the recent criticisms that unfairly and inaccurately derided the FBI for recruiting and retaining unqualified candidates allegedly to meet diversity hiring goals. No, no, we're just quoting you because we've seen the inside scoop and we know that you are actually going after it. We know that you were actually sending emails out that Jennifer Moore, the former boss of the human resources branch, was literally dropping standards in order to get black applicants to come back because they wouldn't come back after they failed the PT test, which is fine. They just moved on with their life. I got no problem with that. She says, as I see it, the head of the FBI training academy at Quantico, Virginia, I see the men and women who arrive here as new agent trainees are remarkably arduous application process. I see them study and train and learn and grow. Yeah, and on cheat on their spouses and engage in adultery and other sort of things that would, that would be um, problematic for someone with a national security clearance, having bad financial decisions, not being able to meet their bills. Anyway, but no, that's fine. And that's what they do, a crying Lots and lots of crying. I've never seen adults cry more than when I went to the FBI Academy. I don't mean to make this a bitch fest on my fort, but I'm just telling you, this is the saddest thing that I've ever read when I'm reading this. This woman is completely deluded, but it's part of that self-licking ice cream cone, that self-stroking circle jerk of, a, of, a, of an agency. Here they are talking about how many agents they graduated. 900 new agents. In 2022, we graduated about 1,000. Listen to this. That means that they replaced 
2,000, roughly 2,000 agents in two years, they have a total of less than 14,000. And the career path is supposed to be 20 years. The issue is, is that they are hemorrhaging real agents who are retiring early that they weren't counting on, and they are hemorrhaging people that are like, this is garbage, and I'm walking away. And that happens all the time now. It's happening at a 4x rate than previously existed in any previous generation. In those two years, okay, so they graduated 2,000. They received more than 48,000 special agent applications. So what? Most people are disqualified. They're actually saying that if you clicked on it and you even have mental illness and you can't even finish the application, that's going to be an application. It would make them one of the most selective colleges in the world. Of course, they would compare themselves to academics. On and on. Contrary to critics' claim, and from anonymous critics, every new agent must pass high physical fitness standards. Folks, uh, look for my Twitter. I'll, I'll put out what the uh, fitness standards are. They're not that impressive. Um, your basic, Your basic grunt in the military can do a lot more. Just saying. Here's what they claim that their classes have. On average, more than 50% of the new agents came from the military or law enforcement backgrounds. I highly doubt that. It was 30% in mine. There's no way they're recruiting more right now based on what they're doing. Approximately 48% had advanced degrees, and the average age was 29 years old. At 27, I was basically a moron. So you've got people that are just outside of their moron range. That's good to know. Um, and then, of course, many of them have families, and they decide to go and cheat on them, and that happens almost almost to a man or to a woman in, in my case uh, when we looked at what was going on. I think of the eight women that were in my class, I think seven of them either lost their marriage or committed adultery while they were there. So that's pretty incredible. Uh, like I said, compromise. Compromat is the name of the game here. Shooting a dog. Compromat, the name of the game. And standing still would be an enormous mistake. It's a, it's a disservice to the public. They're not just changing their classes. They're actually doing it, and for the better, and so on and on and on. The classes are more diverse because diversity and its many incartations make us better able to meet the challenges in the world. That's false. What makes you better able to meet the challenges are having the best agents, which they are not recruiting. On and on and on. I've heard critics complain that the new agents refuse to put in the long hours work. We just heard that from an agent that I know that I didn't even get along with, but was a was a hell of a workhorse out of the Washington field office. And he just was complaining to people that I know, saying the new agents won't put in the time. So it's happening, whether she likes it or not, just because she's a senior manager doesn't mean she understands anything. Uh, she said, when I led the Philly office, when she was shooting the dog, she saw new agents working alongside the more senior ones, running a significant counterterrorism investigation, which you'll know as entrapment, to arrest a 17-year-old who'd been communicating with the terrorist network, also known as entrapment, and try to purchase the uh, components of an improvised explosive device. Was that 17-year-old uh, completely fraudulent investigation? Was this the same kind of thing that goes on in the Whitmer case? Yeah, because that's what all the counterterrorism investigations look like. They all are morally equivalent to entrapment. You guys, you hear it here. I'm saying it over and over again on purpose. Now, here's my real problem. My problem is this. Jackie McGuire is not the problem. She's a symptom. She's a symptom of an agency that promotes people that have no business being in management because the best managers, and most of you who've been in the military, already know what I'm talking about. If you've ever been in an organization where somebody is like, we're looking for a leader, and the first person to put their hands up, I don't want to do anything with that person ever. They're almost always terrible. The people that self-volunteer, that think that they're the best leader, suck. They suck almost to a man or woman. Because they've self-assessed it. The people that I want to work for are the reluctant, the humble, and the capable that are forced into the position and they refuse to see someone do a bad job at it. And I'm actually including myself in this case only because when I was working for the Washington field office in their special operations group, which was my surveillance team, nobody wanted to do the job. Nobody. And I stepped into it very reluctantly, not because it paid more, not because it was prestigious. It was actually a pain in the ass because I had to supervise like guys who were 20 years my senior who were drunk on the job, but I didn't want the job to be done poorly. And that's the only reason to do it. And I told my boss in no uncertainty, 
My boss was a former Ranger and a West Pointer and an HRT guy, which means he was a tactical dude. This is what it looked like. I said, I will do the job that you're asking me to do, but I don't want to do the job. I have no interest in doing the job. You're not doing me a favor to do this job. I will do this job until you find somebody better. And as soon as you do, do not feel like there's any reason to just drop me out of it. I won't feel a moment's a moment uh, of, of personal animosity towards it. I don't want this job. I'll do it reluctantly. Those are the only kind of people that I want to see do that job. And then on top of that, you guys have seen Starship Troopers. That's that's the right answer, even though that's a silly movie, right? We got Casper Van Dien. You guys are the clean cut kid. And he gets picked up for Ratchex Rangers or whatever they're called. Uh, roughnecks, right? The roughnecks. They're like the Marines that are invading the alien planet. And what does he say? I'll take the job until I'm dead or until you find someone better. That should only be the that should be the only answer. It actually is a great answer for something that involves danger and physicality and capabilities because at some point you won't have it anymore. Somebody else should have to step into it because they know it's the right thing to do. Gross stuff, all this. It makes, like I said, I'm going to tell you more about Jackie in a second and why she's just a symptom. We're going to dig deeper into that for a moment. Uh, let me just do a, a quick sponsor and let's say thanks to our friends over at For Patriots. You guys know how to get there. It's forpatriots.com slash Kyle. Again, the number four, one, two, three, four. Patriots with an S on the end of it, dot com slash Kyle. You know what I've got up here as I lean off camera? Um, I've got one left of our of our set. We've actually eaten all the other ones that they've given us. Uh, this is the creamy rice and vegetable pack. It's got nice branding. It's solid and durable, but it's lightweight, and it's not like extra bags. You know what I hate about MREs? The bags. They give you a bag, and then an inner bag, and another bag, and another bag. And there must be some sort of like value to that. That's why whenever you get an MRE in the field, you field strip it, which is to say you tear it out and you get it down to its base components. They already come like that from 4Patriots. All you need to do is buy their pack, open up one pack. It'll have a bunch of little ones. Throw in whatever calories you want to take with you, and there it is. You just roll out and have access to calories, which are great in emergencies so you don't become a grump and be lousy at your job. Again, it's 4Patriots, the number 4Patriots.com slash Kyle, or you can just use promo code Kyle at checkout. They're all over the place on social media. As you guys see, they've got all kinds of gadgets and gizmos. You guys can check into their, their current specials. If you go to that 4patriots.com slash Kyle, you'll see the landing page, which is whatever the current deals that they're offering. And it's the same for anybody else. They're not giving anybody a better deal that uh, that doesn't work with us. So check out 4patriots and uh, support our sponsors. Make sure you're prepared. Otherwise, you're going to end up repairing and probably stealing from your neighbor. Nobody wants that neighbor. Let's talk about this woman. What is she all about? Okay. So here it is, right here. This is the press release naming Jackie McGuire, Jackie Two Mags. I don't know why we started calling her that, but one of my buddies did, and I like it. Uh, one mag for the dog, one mag for the job. Director Ray named her the assistant director of training division. This goes back to September of 23. She was originally assigned to the New York field office. She joined to be a special agent in 2000. Okay, let's look at these numbers. When you guys see these, I want you to be able to check it out. When you start as an agent, she probably didn't start on January 1st, but let's say she did. She spends five months at Quantico. That's standard. Then she comes out and she works for the JTTF. She was the lead investigator for the five hijackers into Flight 77. Do you believe that? I don't either. You know why? Because she was a brand new agent. No way. In 2006, she was promoted to supervisory special agent. Hold on a second. I thought we just joined in um, at the very best case scenario. She was a new agent in the middle of 2000. And then in 2006, she's a supervisor? Oh. Do you know who gets to be a supervisor in under six years in the FBI? The person that puts their hand up and says, I want to be a supervisor. Let me be in charge. That's the worst leader there is. Every single time. Five years worth of investigative experience. Less than me. Less than Steve Friend. Probably less than Garrett O'Boyle if you include uh, the work that he did as a police officer. Less time doing it. But of course, she's earned many awards, like the Attorney General's Award for excellence 
and furthering the interest of U.S. national security and the AG Award for Distinguished Service. Why? Because she's a chick. Because she's married to the FBI and she has absolutely, like, no capabilities. She was in Washington at the Counterterrorism Division, which is the entrapment factory. Then she was at Washington Field in 2011. Blah, 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 blah. She goes out and becomes an ASAC. She comes back. Okay, the, the point I want to make to you is this. Under six years. You know who else was under six years? This guy, Timothy Dunham, executive assistant director of human resources branch. Human resources branch owns, that's right, the training division. And you're looking on the screen right here and you're thinking, is there any commonality to this type of uh, person? Oh, it turns out he joined in 2002 and he went to Chicago and he worked on CI. When you hear CI, think trying to catch spies and, and, uh, and traitors, which means that you do intelligence. You don't do criminal investigations. And in late 2007, he was a supervisor. That's Four and a half years, maybe five years, if we give him the benefit of the doubt. If he started at the beginning of 2002, in the middle of 2002, he's gone. And then at the end of 2007, maybe th maybe three and a half years or four years. This guy has no investigative experience whatsoever. And he became a CI supervisor at headquarters in 2007. He went from the field where he was doing work, theoretically, the work that you guys pay for FBI agents to do, and then went to the CI division at headquarters in the Hoover building. And he became a manager for blah, 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 blah. He became a manager um, in extraterritorial Western European counterterrorism investigations. That sounds like a pretty cush gig. Detailed to the CIA, sort of irrelevant. This is the guy that was also my boss for like 15 minutes. And I gave him a very clean suggestion because he said, is there anything I could do to, to make you guys better? And I said, yeah, get rid of all the finance people. They suck. The finance people suck. Replace them with robots that just do their job and, and just look for, did this work? Because the finance people at that time... <laughs> had had taken the idea that me and a buddy of mine had asked for reimbursements for phones for sources, which the FBI pays for. So I went out there, I bought a source phone, cost me like, I don't know, 135 bucks and 11 cents. My buddy did the same thing, 135 bucks, 11 cents. He filed for reimbursement about a week and a half later, I did. Then they paid him and then they paid him again because they'd already paid him once. And then they're like, oh, you need to do these seven or 11 different steps to be able to get your money from your friend. I said, why don't you just let him cut me a check? He's my friend, we're buddies. Why don't you just write that that's okay? I don't want to like fall foul of policy. And that's the crap that you waste your time with when you're a federal agent because you have losers like Tim Dunham who've only climbed the ladder and have never actually done the work and don't know what the real problems are of doing the job, the administrative crap. They don't do any leadership. They just do this. Again, less than five years of investigative experience. These are the people that are running the training division to put out new agents. And you wonder why we suck. This is actually going to all tie in. You're going to see in a second. It is going to tie in. Um, I've got a video here of of Nikki Haley, speaking of people that suck, and I wanted to play it only because what it shows is the bullying game and the media game. The media fluffs up the FBI in a huge way. They continually act like they are somehow like a bastion of truth or capabilities. All right? We know it's not. And so we look at the other people that they're putting up. Who are they? They're, they're puffing up. Uh, Jen Psaki, Sideshow Bob, whatever her name is, Karine Jean-Pierre. They're popping up a Nikki Haley. Uh, they're popping up uh, even... even Republicans who are squishy. And this is going to tie in as well. I want to play this little video. This was the uh, the response from the Haley campaign. The other, the only thing I want you to watch in this video is, as you're watching it, notice that she never actually opens her mouth all the way to speak. Her teeth are always closed, which is why she sounds crazy. And she sounds crazy because she doesn't have natural teeth because there's nothing about this woman that is legit. It's all gross. <laughs> it's all fake. She put teeth in that don't even fit in her own mouth and now she can't talk. But she is getting puffed up. She's getting artificially inflated, and they're covering down on what should be a devastating loss. These people should lose on their own right. They shouldn't be able to succeed, and yet they do, and it's simply because of media jobs, and we're going to keep talking about these media jobs. Here it is. 
does that situation in Nevada hurt a little bit? No, I mean, Nevada, it's such a scam. They were supposed to have a primary. Trump rigged it so that the GOP chairman, who's been indicted, would go and create a caucus. We knew months ago that we weren't gonna spend a day or a dollar in Nevada because it wasn't worth it. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't even count Nevada. That wasn't anything we were looking at. We knew that was rigged from the start. Sure. Our focus is on South Carolina, Michigan, Super Tuesday. So if you look what we did in Iowa and you look what we did in New Hampshire, we're continuing to grow. That's what matters, I think, more than anything else. But look at what happened this week. Mm. Here you have Republicans lost a major vote on the border. Mm -hmm. Republicans lost a major vote on Israel. Donald Trump was found that he will not have immunity in all of these court cases coming up. The RNC chair is fired. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm going to cut her off right there because one, I don't want to listen to her anymore. And number two, like all those sound like victories. We're not giving more money to Israel. Like who cares? Great. Uh, we're not going to uh, do the stupid border bill, which is garbage. That sounds great. Uh, that means that James Lankford from Oklahoma has been exposed and he's going to be a loser in this case. And uh, Donald Trump, yeah, he was always going to have to do it. These are all just Hail Mary shots to try to move things, at least get some semblance of fairness, which we're not going to see. And so she's crying about a rigged election. Like, no, the election was set up and you are not. You lost two to one to nobody. It's not like she went in there and she was like, look, I dominated the primaries. I killed it. I killed the primaries. And and Donald Trump got all the, you know, the people because of the caucus. No, you lost to nobody like none of these candidates was the actual selection that beat her two to one. The margin was like over. It was like two X what she had. And I don't remember what the exact numbers was. But it was like forty five thousand, like twenty thousand for whatever that looks like. Just awful, awful performance. And she just can't accept it. So. Let that be known. This is what we're talking about. We're actually going to talk about all those other little topics in just a second here because I want to get into, I want to go into who they're puffing up and who they're not. So they're going to attack people like Chai Ratchik, which is going to be kind of the main focus here. But I also want to show you people that would be lionized by our political left right now and by what we'll call activists as opposed to journalists. I found this story and it's so atrocious that if you don't know it, I'm just going to make a continuing argument over and over again for homeschooling. That's what I'm doing. This is an argument for homeschooling. This is yet another poster example. Women, if you have the opportunity, it doesn't matter what it costs you. You Do the math. You'll actually realize, like I said, the two-income trap is real. But if you can stay at home with your babies, even if that means difficulty for your family, you avoid this crap. And men, that, that, that puts a burden on us too. Like my wife hasn't worked in a paying job. She's been working her ass off, obviously, but she hasn't had a paying job in years, even though she has an advanced degree. And the reason is exactly stories like this. Are these common? No. Are they a possibility? Would you risk it? This is from Redux, which is a uh, uh, redux.info. It is a feminist news and opinion. Probably people I agree nothing with, but 100% agreement on this. Exclusive transgender daycare worker avoids prison after sexually abusing a baby during a diaper change. What you're seeing on the screen right here is the incarceration slip, the uh, the facility admissions for the, for the county jail. And that guy who looks like a, sort of like the Joker from from the Batman movies with that crazy hair and that that dark look is a man identifying as a woman in Kentucky who goes by the name Maria Childress. There's some uh, debate on how the name was spelled, so I was actually reading that in the article as well. Reached a plea deal after sexually abusing a baby. The things that we're about to talk about for the rest of the show are going to gross you out, and so you may need to make sure that your kids are secured if you were doing this, because we're going to re lean right into it. 5'9 and 180 pounds, basically my size, just a regular size dude. Um, what I didn't pit is the picture of him in a dress, because I don't need you guys to start barf barfing yet, but on Facebook... 
identifying online all over the place, hired a trans activist, whatever the hell that looks like, someone named Madison Leach, who is a privately retained attorney and activist who began identifying as a female seven years ago and ran as the first openly transgender candidate for public office in Western Kentucky. As a Democrat, you won't be shocked to learn. And all of this stuff, the, the plea deal was reached simply because this man will not have access to estrogen in jail where he belongs. Why does he belong in jail? Because he sexually abused an infant, a tiny female baby during a diaper change. I'm going to just read this directly from the article. After being taken into the police station for questioning, Childers admitted that he claimed uh, he initially claimed not to change the, the baby's diaper at all. He later admitted to having done so after the officer presented him with evidence in the form of a text that he sent to the daycare's director confirming the baby's diaper had, in fact, been changed. Then he tried to deny that he'd done anything inappropriate. What was it that he was alleged to have done? According to witness testimony, a coworker asked Childers or Childers for assistance in changing an infant's diaper. This is what happens when you leave your kids in a daycare center and people are overwhelmed because they are. And you have women being paid like not a lot of money to go take care of your babies. While Childers was cleaning the baby's genitals, the coworker noticed that the infant appeared to be in distress and asked Childers if he was hurting the baby. She then witnessed Childers rub the infant's genitals in a quote unquote circular motion while saying that was her clit and she likes it. I just made her day. Because he's a disgusting, horrific human being that we used to know what that mental illness looked like. But because we continue to allow these people to walk around in public and accept that there's nothing wrong with them, obviously I don't and you don't, but plenty of the political left will lionize this idiot, which is why they want to go after people like uh, Chaya or Haya from uh, Libs of TikTok. There's a uh, there's an online sort of activist, um, uh, what do you call him? Attorney on Twitter that I was interacting with yesterday who said he wants to start making American-made guillotines. Somebody suggested maybe make a little small one for the small head and a big one for the big head and let them choose. I mean, American-made guillotines, not out of the question at this point, right? It's absolutely disgusting that we are going to be putting our children. If you don't know the, the nature of the people that are keeping track of your babies, and it's making me rethink even the fact that my YMCA puts on these like sort of effeminate looking men, young men who are involved, even in a class that's got open windows and we're watching. I don't know. I don't know if I can even continue even sending them into a YMCA. I may have to cancel the memberships. I don't want to see anybody hiring these people for jobs that interact with children because they are clearly not well. And there's there's ample evidence. If you're not following Libs of TikTok anywhere, then um, maybe you ought to. Maybe you ought to so you can see just how ugly and how stupid, how disgusting it is because it is truly that. But instead of them going after and saying, hey, there's a lot of, a lot of pedophiles out there. We've normalized a lot of disgusting behavior. What they do instead is try to push back and act like we're the crazy people. I don't get it. And on top of that, they're doing the same thing for the border. There, there, there's a whole article right now on Town Hall, which I highly recommend from Kurt Schlichter, which is entitled, uh, Why Are Red State Republicans Often Such Losers? This is all related to me. It's weakness. It's softness. It's, it's the uh, experience of exp kind of crossing the line between meekness and weakness. And we are looking more and more toward weakness. And that means the meek, those who don't want to get involved, are going to have to start doing so. Many of you guys know that. I'm seeing a couple of your rumble rants, which just say that uh, we should be putting some of these people into the uh, wood chipper feet first and that we're talking about a mental disorder, which we used to know even in my lifetime, we knew that these people were not right. If you knew, look, there were people that rolled around on bicycles wearing women's clothing or a guy wearing a bikini. He wasn't well. You wouldn't let that person babysit your kids. Would you still let that happen or would you overlook it because of niceness? You need to also check out another book that's called The Gift of Fear by Gavin DeBecker. We're the only species 
in the entire animal kingdom. We are the only species that will willingly do something that is detrimental to ourselves or our young simply because of niceties and because we've been socially conditioned to do otherwise. Nobody else does that. No other animal would trust an, uh, a creature that it doesn't actually trust with itself, with its young. We would never do that. And yet we continue to do this all the time. And a lot of it is because of this cry bullying. It's because you don't want to be uh, exercised or excised from, from polite society. It's time to start swinging some of that back. My father and I are having a conversation. Why doesn't the Vatican start excommunicating some of these people? And why don't we start advocating for it? I'm into it. You, you act like a complete creep. We go back to treating you like a weirdo. That's the way it's always been. There's a reason why that works. Because social norms are important. And without them, then you have insanity. You have a dude dressed like a chick wearing a dress on Facebook that is massaging in a sexual manner an infant that should revolve. And where are these fathers at? Really? Like, do we need a father's group of guys? Like, does that guy need our help? Do we need to go out there and just like pull this dude out of the jail? Because that's what would have happened not long ago. And nobody would have said anything wrong with it. In the 80s, there was a man whose, whose son was kidnapped. I'll have to go look his name up, but I know he's a legend. He was uh, His son was kidnapped, was sexually abused. And when they transported that man in U.S. Marshals custody, he stood inside of a of a, um, a phone booth in a, Louisiana, in a Louisiana airport and walked up with a revolver and point blank dropped him right in front of two police officers, two U.S. Marshals, rather, who were transporting the dude. And he got off by reason of uh, he's a dad. And that's what needed to happen. Somebody abused your your shit, your kid, and you got to do something about it. I'm not I'm not necessarily saying this is the the right move yet, but damn, we are real close. We are really really close to just seeing a complete Western style posse justice because our system is not working, and it's not working because of these idiots. Now let's talk about this. Uh, why are red state uh, GOP members such losers? Actually, is that the let's let's talk about let's talk about Haya first. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Uh, this is the main meat. This is what spawned all this for me. I was in a, a Twitter space with her last night. I recommended to her that that's it. His name is Gary. That's right. I'm seeing the chat. Gary is a hero. All right. This is Haya. Uh, she runs the Libs of TikTok account. I've got my things out of order on my screen here. After uh, This is NBC's reporting. This guy's name is David Ingham. I'm going to actually play you his uh, his video interview about this because he gives up the game and what it's all about. And that actually was covered on our Twitter feed this morning. Um, lives a TikTok, posted. 21 bomb threats followed. They also say later on it's 33 bomb sets. Nobody knows how many bomb sets they're made up. The FBI and local law enforcement say that the bomb threats across the country have tied up government resources even when they turn out to be hoaxes. Good. Good, FBI. At least you're not out there uh, arresting MAGA grandmothers. At least you're not violating people's civil liberties, most likely. Look for where the bomb threats came from. Did they come from libs, from loonies, from people that are like this, that are trying to set her up? It says, last March in Coralville, Iowa, there was a bomb threat targeted at a junior high school. Authorities brought in specific dogs to train to sniff for explosives, the ones that they didn't use outside of the DNC. Remember when the pipe bomber got away with it and uh, is still at large? Yeah, that one. Okay, they started looking into why someone might try to attempt the community's teachers. Oh, target the teacher's community uh, students. And uh, and what, what did it look like? Oh, it was a hoax. It appears to have stemmed from a post. L look at this. Look at this. This is, De uh, this is Detective Hannah Dvorak. She says, quote, it appears to all stem from a post made earlier this week by Shia Ratchik and her Libs of TikTok account. She wrote in a report. Did she now? So a female detective in a small town in Iowa gives her hunch in writing, which somehow made it to NBC. Just take that for a minute. In this country, we are presumed innocent, are we not? They follow up with this. Rashik, 29, is not accused of making any bomb threats in Iowa or anywhere else. But, oh really, here's the big but. A day and a half before the authorities responded to the threat, 
She posted that the school offers, quote unquote, pornographic books in its library that teach, quote, kids about gay sex. Yeah, that seems like a real problem to me. I'm fine with that. She took a picture of this thing that says the book is gay. That's that's the name of the book. A guide for coming out for LGBTQ teens. <laughs> it's been banned for years. Ooh. And this detective, you know, I want you to think about something. Think about the, the concept of a hunch. Do you, know, you ever heard that, um, you know, on a, on a detective show? Do you know what the legal standard is for a hunch? What it has to meet, what the burden of proof that it has to meet is? Is it a uh, preponderance of the evidence? Is it is it reasonable suspicion? Is it um, beyond, a sh- uh, beyond a reasonable doubt? You know, the things that we use in our legal system that are actually codified? No. A hunch is that you just said, hmm, that seems like it's true because I thought it and then I wrote it down. It's a loose correlation and sometimes it's true and sometimes it's not. Many times it's not. And a serious law enforcement officer is going to start from the presumption that whatever their hunch is, is false, and then attempt to disprove it. That's how you go find this thing out. You go, look, um, it looks like it might be this. Why don't I go back and try to disprove that? And if I can find evidence of it, then I've already wasted my time and good. Now I have exculpatory evidence, honorable thing to do. It's this pesky little part of the Constitution that says that you should, in fact, have due process and that warrants and all of these types of things should only be sought under certain legal circumstances. We have an entire enormous amount of constitutional and local case law about it. This woman is fine just making a random little statement on her report, and that report just happened to make it over to NBC. Now, who is this clown that's making these uh, these claims? Any idea? It's this guy. It's David Ingram. I want um, Ingram. I want you to listen to how he talks. Look at how he talks. There's a uh, an allegation that was made last night in the Twitter space where uh, Haya was basically like, "I'm wondering if it's because I said I only answer to Latinx and Black and Brown and LGBTQ reporters, and you're none of those things." Isn't he though? I mean, are are men this feminine that we don't even know whether this guy's straight or gay based on looking at him? We used to be able to tell that sort of thing. It shouldn't matter, but it is funny. And it, was she was she hurt? Her feelings hurt. Look at the forehead on this guy. Here we go. So, David, have any charges been brought against specific individuals who made these threats? Is there any scenario where law enforcement is looking at the owner of these of this account, uh, Haya Raycheck, and saying, OK, maybe we can hold her responsible for some of these incidents? I mean, investigating a bomb threat, it takes up a lot of police resources. It traumatizes people who are at the other end of that. What sort of consequences could there be here? That's right, Ellison. Um, everyone, every law enforcement officer I spoke to, up to the FBI, talked about how much, uh, how many resources these threats take up, even when they turn out to be hoaxes. Now, uh, it's important to note that Haya herself is not uh, a suspect in any of these bomb threats. Um, the accusation from victims and from law enforcement is that she has helped to inspire or spark these threats by essentially creating a list for someone or multiple people to go through and and pick potential targets. Yeah, also known as that's not anything in this country. That's called someone has a Twitter account. Ready? Here's a direct line that he says, even though he just makes that clarification because he doesn't want to get hit with this. But here's what here's what David had to say in his article. Quote, while the direct inspiration for the threats are not known, the timing suggests that libs of TikTok posts may have been used to pick targets, end quote. Based on what, David? Those are those are some things that's called assuming facts that are not in evidence. That's like saying that those pipe bombs had something to do with January 6th because they just happened. Like Steve Friend said on the show the other day, there was probably a carjacking in Washington, D.C. on January 5th and 6th in Southeast or anywhere else in the, in the national capital region. Do we necessarily know that they're related? No, we don't. 
That's what we call trying to find a chain of evidence to link these things. Meanwhile, you've got this guy out there basically inspiring hate threats. So here's my recommendation to you as listeners, as you're out there and you are following people like Tucker, people like Haya, and you see somebody makes an actual death threat, which they do on social media openly, by the way, we got to take this person out. Someone needs to put a bullet in this person, whatever these ugly things they want to say. Report that to the FBI. Tie up the resources so they can't go after MAGA grandmas with that. Send it in to 1-800-FBI-TIPS. Why don't we let Jackie McGuire and her new squad of losers get to work? 1-800-FBI-TIPS is the phone number. You can leave it that way. And the second thing is, is you can actually go to tips.fbi.gov slash home or just tips.fbi.gov and you will be able to fill it out. You know what the, the crime is? It's 18 U.S.C. 875. That's interstate threats. It's section B. Interstate threats are using interstate means of communications to make a credible threat of violence to somebody. Go for it. Report interstate crimes. Report federal crimes so that we can get our FBI out of the things that we don't want and let them run after this. They can run after bomb threats too. They can just run around and do nothing because we don't need them. This is my this is my my statement to you that like the cry bullies need to be tied up and the FBI is 100% part of it. <laughs> I see Mitch in our chat just said 1-800-EAT-SHIT. Yeah, that too. You can also call that, but you probably won't get the FBI on the line. Look, all this stuff, the cry bowling, it continues to happen. There's over and over. We're going to talk about uh, James Langford and the border bill, and then we're going to get to Tucker. We're going to wrap this thing up with that. I want you guys to kind of get access to all the things that we're seeing. I think these are all related. At least it's a cultural problem that we're dealing with today. And cry bullying, it's not going away. So we have to be aware of it and we have to be able to dismantle it. You want to dismantle the cry bullies? Have the FBI come and investigate and knock on their door. If you had 100 people, by the way, who did a report on one on one particular post, just like mass reporting on uh, on social media where they get rid of people, like what happened probably to our friend Rose in the chat. Listen, you mass report 100 phone calls come in about a, a dangerous Twitter post, you're going to have to have an agent deal with it. At least it's going to go to their desk. They may dismiss it, but at least you're going to tie up some resources. Let's start doing that. And since the FBI probably listens to this incoming FBI, our folks are going to start calling you. We've got, you know, 2000 people watching right now live. We'll have thousands and thousands more listening and thousands more watching later. So let's do that. Um, let's let's say thanks to my friends uh, who, who do not suck. Our friends over at Patriot Coolers, people who trusted us right from the beginning. I don't have a tumbler with me today. I'm actually drinking out of my Catholic vote mug. If you go to PatriotCoolers.com, the promo code is Kyle. Today is going to be one of those long days. I actually brought... Yeah, my 64 ounce. This is my my half gallon of water is sitting up here by my desk. We're going to be doing some fun stuff. We might be having a Mark Naughton drop, our first live broadcast, and he's got some Patriot Cooler stuff. Go to PatriotCoolers.com. The promo code is Kyle. You save 10%. Uh, 50 bucks or more is free shipping. Go out there and check out their stuff. It says Patriot. It looks great. They're outstanding products. They perform really well, and they maintain the temperature, the thermal consistency of your beverage, whether they be hot or whether they be cold. The same thing, you can actually use your uh, your 50-quart there, the, the, the uh, what do you see, it? the hard-sided cooler that's on there that we use groceries. You can also put hot tamales in there if you're transporting. I actually saw that at a uh, at a baby shower one time, and I was like, oh, that's a novel use and very smart. Folks, many uses for there. Check out PatriotCoolers.com. Lots of different uses for the products. Handsome products that say Patriot on the side, and they give a little portion of their proceeds to veterans. Really appreciate them joining ours, and make sure you are supporting them. If you're in the market, they're the right ones. All right. So someone said I had to, I, I had more coffee than, than necessary today. I don't know if that's true or not. Let's do a little bit more of this. Now, what do all these things have to do? Like, why is Haya out there pushing this envelope? Is it because she wants notoriety or fame? Is it because she's trying to uh, feel good about herself? 
Is it, she, does she need the social media validation? I don't think so. She was a, she was an anonymous account. I remember when they doxed her. That's why uh, Taylor Wren is on our um, our little thumbnail. Here it is, right here. Look, there's Taylor and David doing doing yeoman's work, trying to attack a woman who's just trying to do the right thing. Who's saying, "Hey, look, do you want pedos and weirdos and perverts coming after your kids?" I think Aaron Rodgers had a really interesting take on this. I found this on Twitter. This is from Joe Rogan. So language uh, warning up front. I think this I think this makes sense. It doesn't matter whether we're talking about vaccine mandates or mask mandates or behavioral. When they're trying to shift your behavior to a certain thing, you have to ask, what's the motivation of the person who's getting who's getting all the hate? Are they doing it because it's fun? Aaron Rodgers has a straight take on it. And I don't think I don't think Haya wanted this publicity. I don't think Aaron Rodgers wanted it either. And I don't think Tucker needed all this hate coming at him because of the Putin thing, which will all be the same thing. Listen to his take. Yeah, it's just it's on mine. and on and on through this whole thing. My, my thing is this, is, you know, all of us who've been attacked for our position, to all those people, what do you think the fucking motivation is? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, just look at my own situation. Like, I lost friends, allies in the media, millions of dollars in sponsorship, because I talked about what worked for me and my own beliefs and my own health reasons why I didn't get vaccinated. And by the way, you were right. Yeah. You were right. Look, you didn't need it. Look how quickly you recovered. You were fine. And same with you. Yeah. And what did they do? They changed the color of your face. <laughs> <laughs> they vilified all early treatments, including the yeah. medicine that has one of the safest profiles yeah. out there. That the, the, the we've talked about it. The guy who invented it got a Nobel, Nobel Prize. Prize. Yeah, they were using it all over the world in Uttar Pradesh, in Africa, yeah. and various oh, yeah. places. And that's what you do during a pandemic, right? You find ways to repurpose drugs yeah. for early treatments. But now they couldn't do that because if there's an early treatment, then they can't get the UA. Drugs that have been proven to have antiviral properties. Yeah. I but mean, what's the motivation for Peter McCullough, who got vilified? What's the motivation for Robert Malone? Like, well, if you know Peter McCullough, Peter, Peter McCullough. So he goes on to talk about how there are people of principle, and that's what it comes down to. When you're a person of principle, you're willing to get attacked for the right thing. Um, it turns out, guys, that's what the suspendables are all about. And it turns out there's a lot of people in a bunch of different places that have had that same instinct. It's like, I might get hammered in the media. I might get hammered. I might lose friends over it. But it's right, and that's immutable. And so Joe Rogan's talking about it in the, in the context of COVID. That's Aaron Rodgers doing the same thing, saying, look, I'm going to stand by my principles and it's going to cost whatever it costs. Millions in dollars. Like we can't even fathom that. Millions of dollars in sponsorships. Millions. More than most people will make like in a decade, maybe more. And this guy lost that because he made what? A choice about his own health and he held the line on it. That's what this is about. This is what this shirt is about. The last line, here it is. Last line strength is be able to hold the last line, whatever strength God needs to give you to do that. I saw Garrett in the chat. He said he never loved Aaron Rodgers more. I agree with you, Garrett. I agree with you 100%. That's what it's about. The line is supposed to be people of honor. It's supposed to be people, the green line, which is our military, the blue line, which is our law enforcement, and the red line, our first responders in the medical community and firefighters. They're supposed to hold that damn line. And in the meantime, we're getting sold out left and right. And we're getting sold out by these people who keep looking squishy and weak and pathetic. And uh, there's a great article right now, which I just read this morning from Kurt Schlichter, who does a great job of, of really hammering some of this stuff home. And the article is about this. Why are the red state Republicans such losers? Why do we keep losing? We being people who just want to see something done right from ultra red areas like Oklahoma, of all things. 
He said, how come they're such grievous, grievous disappointed by red state Republicans? You'd think these would be the hardest hitting, but they're softer than Chris Christie's gut. By the way, it's a very poetic article worth your reading. He said they should be the best, but they're often the worst. They're squishy, they're craven, and they're dumb. But then come election year, suddenly they're Ripley from Aliens. The rest of the time, they're Burke. Yeah. We're not talking about Susan Collins. We're not talking about the fake ones. We're not talking about Mittens Romney. No, we're talking about guys like Jim or James Lankford. From Oklahoma, which should be so right-wing. I love this. He should be so right-wing, he makes Genghis Khan look like a San Francisco pinko pervert. But instead, given the chance to negotiate immigration reform, a proper reform which would consist of shutting down the border and getting rid of all the illegals, deporting them all, he calls him Jimmy, rolled over for Chuck Schumer and agreed to the most embarrassingly bad deal since a bunch of Dutch Sharpies ripped off the local indigenous peoples buying Manhattan for 20 bucks worth of beads and, and some smallpox-laden blankets. This is a great article. He calls them all out. He says Jimmy's gooey. And so many other red state Republicans are too. Because you can't get any rather than South Carolina. What do we got? Tim Scott, Lindsey Graham, Nikki Haley. So much for the actual conservative state. Why is that? And he answers it. I actually think it's not a, it's not a bad answer. I don't know if it's 100% correct. But you've got guys out there that do hold the line, like a Mike Lee or a Ted Cruz. People who are far more uh, hardcore. And then you've got people with the, what he calls the spaghetti spine squadron, which I absolutely just, I absolutely love. We should all take that on. Wouldn't it be nice if we had some people that knew how to charge the line? And he said, uh, the Republicans in red states don't have any competition. They're not going to get anybody else into office. So all of your Democrats basically run as Republican. And that's why we have middle-of-the-road mediocrities getting reelected again and again and again. People recognize the name, which they always talk about the power of the incumbency. And they see the R, and they shrug, and they check the box, and they go back to their lives. And then Senator Noodlespine will proceed to sell his votes out in Washington for five more years until the next election year when he pretends just for a little bit to be hardcore. And there is no comparable phenomenon. Uh, Kurt is 100% spot on. There is no comparable phenomenon. Look at the like the hard left areas. They elect the worst, the dumbest, the most insanely far left people. They keep doing it. It doesn't matter whether you're talking about California or you're talking about Massachusetts. Those people demand insanity and they get it. And in the meantime, we get these wishy-washy, weak, weak dudes like this. Here it is. Here's Langford defending himself. He's actually calling out. He's being a cry bully. It's right here. Some of them may have policy differences. Some of them have been very clear with me. They have political differences with the bill. They say it's the wrong time to solve the problem or let the presidential election solve this problem. In fact, I had a popular commentator four weeks ago that I talked to that told me flat out, before they knew any of the contents of the bill, any of the content, none, nothing was out at that point, that told me flat out, if you try to move a bill that solves the border crisis during this presidential year, I will do whatever I can to destroy you because I do not want you to solve this during the presidential election. By the way, they have been faithful to their promise and have done everything they can to destroy me in the past several weeks. You destroyed yourself, man. Are you kidding me? You went out there and lied about it and then you're going to cry on, uh, on C-SPAN of all things. Do you know how we know it was a bad bill? Because it was a bad bill because it didn't need to happen. We didn't need a flipping bill to solve this. Joe Biden, as we showed you the other day, and Kim Wexler's um, little clip was fantastic. It shows you that Joe Biden's priorities were his priorities. He came out and said, we're going to screw up the border, although he called it changing the administration. He didn't like the policies of Bush. I mean, sorry, of, of Trump. 
Uh, it's a little interesting slip. He didn't like what was going on that Trump had done. So what did he do? He undid it. This is an executive action that could have been fixed by the office of the president. All you need is the DHX secretary to do his damn job. I mean, undo it. Don't do it at all. And when you don't do your job, guess what happens? You know, what happens? Maybe this. People need kidneys. It's sad but decreed. Yet the senator's hoarding one more more than... That's right. People will die if you don't do your damn job. And people have died, by the way. They've died because of this border crisis, whether it be from fentanyl or people coming on, uh, the, you know, coming here and being killed and being dropped on the other side of the border. It happens all the time. It's horrible. We've subjected people to a hell on earth simply because our president is not doing the job that he's supposed to do. And of course, his cabinet is also following down on this. Uh, one last little piece here from Kurt, which I think he says, he said, there are benefits to doing the bidding of the Democrats. The Washington Post will call you a serious political thinker if you knife other Republicans. The GOP sellouts will come on, meet the press and face, uh, meet the nation and face the press or whatever unwatched show Jake Tapper has right now. Yeah, I don't know what Jake Tapper show is called either. And they'll be treated like some sort of hero for selling out the party. It's the strange new respect phenomenon that Ben Shapiro likes to talk about. It's pathetic and it's embarrassing. And it's a strange new respect that lasts only for as long as it's useful for the Democrats. But it is a motivator because people like to be liked. And by the way, um, nobody that I've seen in the Republican Party, other than those that are like hardliners, we've seen the, you know, we've seen Rand Paul pretty good at it. We've seen Ted Cruz being pretty good at it, especially of late. We've seen Mike Lee. There's there's a very, very small number of people that we can count on that come out and just hold whatever it is and say what needs to be done. I think Matt Gates seems to be pretty good about it too. It's nasty. It's really gross, honestly. It just makes me want to puke. So we're talking about hold the line. I'm wearing a last line shirt. I'm going to do a little quick read for this. It's my buddy Garrett O'Boyle's website. I know he was in the chat. Guys, you go to the-suspendables. I think it's actually his wife's website. Let's give credit where it's due. The-suspendables.com. Again, the-suspendables. Don't forget the dash. Don't forget the S on the end. The-suspendables. The promo code is Kyle. You can get you any of these shirts. You can get the one that's my favorite up there, which is that last line emblem. It's an AR-15 with the quill in the end of it in an OD green. It like combines all my favorite things. Gun, writing, shirt green kids ask me what my favorite color is and i'm like green and they're like what kind of green and i go od green and they go what's that and i go it looks like baby poop that's my favorite anyway check out all of our options over there you can still get the pins the pins are available to you those are fast shipping if you're looking for a last minute gift for somebody or if you're looking for something like hey i just want to tell somebody i appreciate them because i know they did the right thing when they needed to check them out and we wear them eagle down like you always see like the badge that's rotating above up right there uh the Suspendables, the-suspendables.com, and the promo code Kyle. Check out any of those things. Yeah. Check out and support Garrett, who's a great person. He really is a good person. Uh, constantly behind the lines and uh, struggling for sanity and not being like these clowns that we saw, like the Tim Dunhams or the Jackie Maguires. All right. Are we ready to do some Tucker? Because Tucker's taking a pounding in the media right now. Not that he really cares, I don't think. I don't think Tucker has to worry about it, but it doesn't feel good when people talk crap about you. Not even a little bit. Here is Ginger Goebbels, uh, formerly White House spokesperson, now talking face on my favorite news network. She's scoffing at Tucker Carlson. You'll Watch the little barb in here, by the way. She sticks a barb. She's like, now he's just a guy who has a show on the internet. Really? His show on the internet gets more views than you by a lot, Miss Jen Psaki. Here's Jen Psaki uh, berating Tucker Carlson. They're really, really mad because he's going to interview Vladimir Putin. That's coming out tonight. Uh, it's going to be at 6 Eastern, apparently. I'll be watching it. I know many of you will as well. They're really scared of that. Why are they so scared? I'll tell you in a second. He's going to tell you as well. It might be worth asking yourself, since it is getting pretty serious, what is this really about? Why do I hate Putin so much? Has Putin ever called me a racist? Has he threatened to get me fired for disagreeing with him? So why does permanent Washington hate him so much? 
If you've been watching the news, you know that Putin is having a border dispute with a nation called Ukraine. Border dispute is certainly one way to characterize a major military invasion. Of course, Carlson is now just another far-right conspiracy peddler with a show on the Internet. He's no longer on Fox, as we all know. And he's apparently been spending the last few days in Moscow for some reason. Who knows? We don't know why. He has to stay relevant somehow. So I guess we'll learn in the coming days. Maybe. Yeah, maybe we'll learn in the coming days. Who is she talking to? Like, what audience is she actually trying to inform? So I, I took Tucker's little piece. He has about a four and a half minute clip on his his uh, X thing. And some of you guys are not on Twitter, so I understand that. I'm going to share with you what I thought were the most relevant parts. I cut it down to about two minutes. I'm going to let him say in his own words why he's there. I think all of them are perfectly relevant. He doesn't say that he's going out there to make friends or that he's going out there to push somebody's propaganda. He's going out there because it used to be that rather than being an activist for tranny leftist losers that hate America, journalists used to ask questions. And many people have gone and asked questions, even of this man that is now so, so hated that uh, Barack Obama, there's a great video. One of the guys uh, put a video of Barack Obama, like hanging out and, uh, and, and it's got like heart emojis because he's laughing and he's talking to, he's talking to Vladimir Putin. People used to be able to do that just a second ago, but only when it's their team, only when it's their side doing it. Let's listen to Tucker's own words on why. And I think he's, I think he's spot on. So who better to tell you than him? We're in Moscow tonight. We're here to interview the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. We'll be doing that soon. Here's why we're doing it. First, because it's our job. We're in journalism. Our duty is to inform people. The war in Ukraine is a human disaster. It's left hundreds of thousands of people dead, an entire generation of young Ukrainians. And it's depopulated the largest country in Europe. And yet the populations of the English-speaking countries seem mostly unaware. They think that as nothing has really changed. And they think that because no one has told them the truth. Their media outlets are corrupt. They lie to their readers and viewers. And they do that mostly by omission. For example, since the day the war in Ukraine began, American media outlets have spoken to scores of people from Ukraine, and they've done scores of interviews with Ukrainian President Zelensky. But the interviews he's already done in the United States are not traditional interviews. They are fawning pep sessions specifically designed to amplify Zelensky's demand that the U.S. enter more deeply into a war in Eastern Europe and pay for it. That is not journalism. It is government propaganda, propaganda of the ugliest kind, the kind that kills people. Not a single Western journalist has bothered to interview the president of the other country involved in this conflict, Vladimir Putin. Most Americans have no idea why Putin invaded Ukraine or what his goals are now. They've never heard his voice. That's wrong. Americans have a right to know all they can about a war they're implicated in. And we have the right to tell them about it because we are Americans too. Freedom of speech is our birthright. We were born with the right to say what we believe. That right cannot be taken away no matter who is in the White House. But they're trying anyway. They're trying anyway, but freedom of speech is our birthright. And the problem with censorship, which I will tell you over and over again, if you believe that they have a right to censor you, you let them know by censoring yourself. And so you have to push all of this information. You have to. You have to go out there and say the thing that might be unpleasant. You have to go be suspendable. You have to be Aaron Rodgers. You have to be Haya. You have to be Tucker Carlson. You have to go out there and push the envelope and not allow them to decide what is and what is out of bounds. That's what it's about. It's real simple. 
It really is. Self-censorship is still censorship, and it turns out to be the worst kind because what it is is an admission of defeat where you have now internalized and taken on the censorship apparatus for yourself because you are no longer willing to say the thing that you know is true. It's part of the reason why I like using the word retard. Why? Because you can't tell me what to say. If it hurts some feelings, so be it. That's part of how a democratic society, a, a constitutional republic that has principles is supposed to operate. We're supposed to know that there are some things that you just can't control about another person. Come tell me I can't say it. That's the next thing I'm going to say. And that's why guys like Dan Bongino are so successful. It's because people do not want to be told, no, they're human beings. We have a fundamental American understanding and government propaganda, particularly the kind that motivates war, kills people. It kills people both a little bit inside and literally it kills people. It literally results in death. So we can't do that. And what does that death look like? It looks like normalizing insanity and craziness and awful things. It normalizes something that is not supposed to happen. Uh, I've got this video. I was debating on whether I was going to show it. It's not my dad joke of the day for you. This is what happens when you self-censor and you can't tell people that are mentally ill, nuts, pedophiles, perverts, weirdos that they need help because it's supposed to happen. It looks like this. Uh, this is a random dude sitting in New York. I have no idea who this guy is. This is another random dude. And this is probably this is probably a great metaphor for the city of New York right now. This is what's being tolerated when you're nuts. Look at this piece of shit. <laughs> this is on Fifth Avenue and 43rd Street, bro. He just climbed up on that fucking, on the, on the uh, garbage can, pull his pants on, he's taking a shit. This is fucking incredible. Look, dude, this is crazy. This city is into some shit, man. <laughs> this city is into some shit, man. Yeah, like a dude sitting on the on the trash can taking a shit in the middle of the public while a guy's commuting to work. That's how you get that. When you're not allowed to say things that are true, like, hey, bro, you probably need some help. Like, you're nuts. You can't do that. And you can't have the police go do that either. You start self-restricting and getting nuts like that. I mean, yeah, at least he wiped. That was the nastiest wipe I've ever seen. His cheeks do not fit on that thing. Also, why does that guy wipe that way? That is the grossest thing I've ever seen. Absolutely horrific. So thank God for people like Tucker Carlson. Thank God for people like Haya. Honestly, thank God for my friends, the Suspendables, that are doing the work that they're doing. Thank God for Steve Friend pushing stuff out from inside the FBI. All of this insanity and not bowing to the cry bullies. You, we don't recognize their authority is what it comes down to. I don't recognize MSNBC. I don't recognize any of these idiots. I don't recognize uh, uh, Ginger Goebbels. That's, that's what I call her, by the way. That's Jen Psaki. Sideshow Bob, none of these people. They don't have any authority over us. We're Americans. We have a God-given birthright to say what it is that's right. Particularly when we're talking about things that are wrong and they affect our kids. And here's one last little thing, because we have a fundamental right to speak, that's number one, and we have a massive fundamental right to defend ourselves, number two. That's the Second Amendment in the U.S. Constitution. It's almost in every single constitution that I'm aware of. If you find a state that does not have a right to keep and bear arms, please let me know what it is. I want to bring this story up because I promised I would cover it on Twitter today, of all places, and here it is. This is from Newsweek, which I love. I love Newsweek, right? Of course. Hawaii rejects Second Amendment interpretation in landmark decision. This is the Hawaiian Supreme Court. There's a couple little pieces on here. In its judgment, the Hawaiian Supreme Court said that the Second Amendment uses, quote, military-tinged language, well-regulated militia, and bare arms to limit the use of deadly weapons to military purposes. This is a novel and ridiculous interpretation. We've already had the U.S. Supreme Court rule on this. They're simply tying this up for longer. The court said that, quote, in contrast, there are no words that mention a personal right to possess lethal weapons in public 
places for possible self-defense. I want you to remember that piece there. The court concluded that we reject Wilson's constitutional challenges, conventional interpretation modalities, and Hawaii's Hawaii's historical tradition of firearm regulations rule out the individual's right to keep and bear arms under the Hawaiian Constitution. There is no constitutional right to carry a firearm in public in Hawaii. It goes on with a little bit more than that. You want to know how I know they're full of shit? I mean, and I just know it. Just remember this again. There is no mention of a personal right to possess lethal weapons. It's right here. This is the Hawaiian Constitution. This is a snippet. Section 7. Searches, seizures, and invasion of privacy. The right of the people. Oh, just like the U.S. The U.S. Constitution. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches. That right of the people. Is that the same people that have the right to keep and bear arms and shall not be infringed? Which we see in Section 17. The Hawaiian Bill of Rights mirrors the American Bill of Rights. It's the same wording. The people. So do they think that like uh, the search, the searched? Who are the people that have the right to be secure in their persons, places, and papers and effects? Who would that be? Of course it's the people. It's the public. It's the individual. You have an individual right to the government not coming into your space. And Bruin and Heller and the last two major Second Amendment cases in front of the United States Supreme Court are very clear that it is not a collective right. But these people are collectivists and collectivists want conformity. They want you to do what they say. They want you to follow the rules and shut your mouth and keep in line. And what we do, we call shut up and color in the military. You shut up and color and you stay out of the way and just do what they're told. Be a good little statist. The problem with that is, is that they're also trying to say that this weirdo, where is he at? That this weirdo is equally valuable, even though he has objectively terrible ideas. And the fun thing is, is that they want to they want to lionize groups and they also want to lionize the individual. You can't do that at the same time, even though they're collectivists, they eventually are going to get down by by atomizing the number of protected groups that you're part of. You're going to get to an individual fingerprint of an identity of one person. They don't make any sense. All you have to do is listen to their logic over and over again, and it falls apart on its own weight. It's garbage. And so that's why they're scared, and that's why they're angry, and that's why they're cry bullies. That is why they continually have to put on vestiges of virtue to try to stop you because the facts are not on their side. Weakness is on their side. And we got to just keep pushing back. Last little piece is a little bit of hope. I found this clip. It was on Instagram. Then I had to go get it from YouTube. Then I chopped it up for you. It's a little short version. This is another advertisement. All these people are advertisements for homeschooling, by the way. But this is a fantastic little clip, and I'd never seen it before. It's really charming. From a movie, 2016, uh, Captain Fantastic. I'm sure we'll get hit with a strike on this for for uh, copyright, but I chopped it up. This is a fair use of Captain Fantastic, a little about two minutes, showing the difference between what government schools will train your kids in the collectivist sense and what you have the ability to teach your kids in an individual. Again, put the work in, folks. Your kids are worth it. That's why we do it here. It's not the cheapest way to do it. It's certainly not the most financially efficient way to do it, but it's the thing that we signed up on this planet to do by being parents. We want our kids to have the best possible futures. Here's a little taste of this movie. Um, I'm, I've never seen this movie. I'm going to go out and watch it now because I absolutely love this small clip. Harper and I have been talking. The kids need structure, stability. They need to go to a real school so they can get real oh, jobs. Christ, you're going to get them real. killed. Whoa. Sorry. But your, your kids are with, without a mother now. I don't think you have any idea what you're doing to them. I'm you're... saving their lives. Jesus. They're children. They need to go to school. They need to learn about the world. Justin. Jackson, would you please come down here for a second? What? How old are you now, Jackson? 13. Can you tell me what the Bill of Rights is? Um, what something costs, I guess. It's a good guess. 
Justin, you're in high school? Yeah. Do you like your school? It's whatever. Do you know what the Bill of Rights is? It's a government thing, right? Like, rights that people have in America and stuff. Yep. Hey, Saja? Yes? Would you please come down here a moment, sweetie? I wanted to ask you a quick question. Saja just turned eight, by the way. The Bill of Rights. Amendment one. Congress should make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of... Stop. Regurgitating memorized amendments isn't what I'm asking for. Just tell me something about it in your own words. It's not the Bill of Rights. We'd be more like China. Here, at least, we don't have a war on the searches. We have free speech. Citizens are protected from cruel and unusual punishments. That's enough. Are protected... Wait a minute. Saja, how would you characterize the 2010 Supreme Court decision on Citizens United? Corporations have the same rights as people, so there's no spending limit on candidates. Which means a country is ruled by corporations and their lobbies do fund candidates and command their fealty by demanding... Jesus Christ. You made your point. We get it. It's very impressive. All of you. It is very impressive, but that's because when you can indoctrinate your kids, you can indoctrinate them with the things that you think are valuable and not what some weirdo tranny thinks. So if you're not doing this, if you're still sending your kids to government schools or even private schools, make sure that you know what they're learning. Make sure that you're out there and getting involved because you form their minds. You tell them what's valuable. Uh, my, my buddies were laughing at me the other day because I had my kids in the backyard and we got this uh, this little Jeep. It was a, a Jeep that I bought for, for uh, it was $5.49. It's one of these uh, power wheels and it was at Goodwill. And I took it up to the front and I uh, had the lady ring it up and she was like, oh, congratulations. Today it's $2. It was a $2 Jeep. It was broken because some dad got it and didn't know how to fix it. So the battery was dead. I took it out. I chopped the, the battery out. I rewired it. I put in this little uh, adapter so I can put in a 20 volt DeWalt, which is awesome. And super fun. Now my kids can drive around in it. And in the, like literally the first few minutes, I'm like, why are they not doing J-turns? And so I'm trying to teach my kids how to do like, you know, evasive maneuvers in a vehicle <laughs> because I'm a little bit, a little bit uh, aggressive about that sort of thing. Uh, you know, my son is almost three. So I feel like he should be able to do a J-turn in his little power wheel. That being said, I'm going to teach my kids how to do stuff like that. I teach my kids how to ride bikes, how to find their way home. They all know their left and their right when they're very young because I use the words left and right and I demand things of them. And every time they go into a little class with other kids, I always have the same way that my parents got told about me. They're like, your kids are so well behaved. They're so respectful and they know things. It's because I teach them like an adult. I treat them because their brains are little hard drives that have lots of room in them. And if you remember being a kid, you can remember everything. You can. So treat them like that. Give them all the information. doesn't mean they know anything. Just means you can help them. You can help them along and give them the proper formation that matters to you. And none of these idiots, the cry bullies, get a say in that. It's not their kid. We need to take some of that back. And we certainly can. Folks, I want to thank all of you guys for joining us in the chat. Uh, a lot of you out here running it. I wanted to throw the chat on the screen. I actually could do this anytime I wanted. I just didn't. But there's a bunch of you all. Someone calling me MacGyver. Uh, all of these names. I see you guys every morning. I'm really grateful that you guys come in and join uh, I'm, I'm really uh, humbled that all of you want to come spend the morning with me and we want to talk about this kind of stuff. So that's fantastic. And it's why we do the five-star review, which I've got one for you right here. Here's a five-star review, short one for today. It's by uh, Loving Parlor. Just says, I'm a regular listener, five stars. This is one of the best podcasts out there coming from January 21. Really appreciate it, Loving Parlor. I think Parlor is an app, so that's 
interesting too. <laughs> uh, guys, go out there and be good to your neighbors. Go out there and be good to your kids. Be good to your spouses and go out there and do not give in to the cry bullies. Look for them, confront them, and you can argue with them on the merits. Let them come at you and, and seed the territory by just acting like you're being mean. Mean is not an argument. Mean is a characterization and a feeling. We can do better than that because we are better than that. Uh, God bless all of you. We'll see you again tomorrow for Friendly Friday. And uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Kyle Serafin Show streamed live weekdays on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. Follow Kyle on Twitter, Truth Social, and Instagram at Kyle Serafin.